Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56, 56 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Yeah, good uh, to have you back. Listen, I'm just going to come right out and say it. It's been two months, just over two months since I've been able to do another episode of this podcast since our, our last guest uh, due to scheduling conflicts, cancellations, hectic uh, schedules but here's the major thing and i'm gonna cut right to the chase it's also my first episode back that i've made since i've become a dad that's right i have a baby and if you uh notice i can't talk anymore i'm so tired what happens is babies don't even know what the universe is let alone the sun moon cycle or what a day is or when daddy wants to sleep or when daddy needs to work nothing nothing Babies, uh, you know, they go, they go, they are, they're just little creatures. So I'm just a little dad in a little mad world. And uh, we're, anyways, we made it work. I got over to uh, your guest today's house uh, for a couple hours. And yes, I say a couple hours. Your guest is Tim Steves. Uh, yeah, a staple of Canadian comedy. Been doing stand-up uh since the 80s just touring around killing it and uh also a head writer on two of the most popular comedy shows canada has ever produced uh and uh just one of the funniest guys so i, I finally got to go over to his house and uh his uh, we don't actually talk about you uto- his he doesn't imagine an amazing crazy utopia like some of the guests do but because you'll see what it is, is we basically did the podcast in his utopia, which we will describe more. You'll see once we get going. But as you've noticed, my tongue and my lips and my mouth doesn't work because I don't sleep anymore because of little baby boo boo, baby boo. But there you go. So I'm going to get started. But this is Tim Steves. This is a hearty one. Uh, I love chatting with this guy. We sat down and just made it work for over an hour and a half. All right. So this is a hearty, meaty chunky soup of a beautiful podcast with a canadian legend so no matter what we talk about just sit back and hear the wisdom the ancient wisdom of the mighty hilarious tim steves we're gonna go right now here we go enjoy okay yeah right let the soap lay in your hand uh yeah let the soap lay in your hand don't try too hard don't squeeze it yeah Oh my God! Uh, you are a metaphor master. <laughs> People tell you that all the time, don't they? I am analogy man. <laughs> yeah, analogy man. Uh, your album just came out too, um, yes. and uh, I think I can hear myself. Pr- I'm proud that I'm I'm laughing in the background. Oh yeah, I was at one of the. Ro- oh, cool. yeah, I did one of those shows. So you recognize your laugh? Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I remember me and uh, Matt O'Brien were killing ourselves in the back, oh, and you can hear so just like cool, a man. back of the room howls. Like, in, do you remember Taxi, where the producer, one of the producers on Taxi, you could always recognize his laughs on that show? Oh, they were back in the old real laugh days real on TV laughs. shows. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. The TV shows are getting psycho now. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Come. I'm in Tim Steve's basement for everyone listening, and we're having a beer. Having a tall can. On having a tall can of Heineken, classic. Uh, the Masters is on TV. Wow. And we're leaning against a poker table. I feel like. 
Your utopia to me has already answered. We're, we're pretty much there, aren't we, man? And you've got the classic Muhammad Ali photo series. Isn't that beautiful? But it's painted. Someone painted it. It's uh, Now, What this is kind of a cool little story. Yeah. Those are the frames around the Pulitzer Prize winning photograph. Right. So the Pulitzer isn't any of those, but those are the frames immediately before and after. Yeah. Uh, before he does the... Right, yeah. Or he pumps his fist. Over. I read a whole article on that last year. Did someone share it on Facebook or something? Well, it was pretty cool. The, the story behind it basically is: you see, all the photographers are on the wrong side of the ring. That's it. And they and, had the and, one and schmo. The, and then one guy said, "I got nowhere to stand. I might as well be by myself." He goes around the other side and yeah. get, and gets the Pulitzer Prize shot. Yeah, because Ali happens to be facing him. Yeah. What do you think of him? You think of that shot? Yeah. And I'm the the, the photographer's name escapes me, but can you put that in and post? <laughs> yeah I'll just punch it in Joe Smith Oh I'm sorry man I'll turn that off No it's okay uh, Yeah this is great Oh yeah did On your album I haven't listened to the whole thing yet though But uh, does Did Walking Through the Raindrops make it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah Your son? I, oh yeah I, <laughs> that was don't, I don't remember if it did or oh, not crap You know what I, I'll be honest with you if but I speaking had, of you being an analogy man, that was if killer. If I had it to do all again, thank you, buddy. Yeah. If I had it to do all again, I would have been a little less precious with the edit. I think oh, I, yeah. I might have. I think I edited a little too tight and a little too precious. You, you know, know what? what I mean? It, yeah, I, can I did see that. like I did like fifty-five minutes uh, yeah. you know, on those shows, and I chopped it down to a forty. Yeah, and I think if I had it to do again, I would make it forty five, forty six. You know what I mean? Like I chopped it a little tight, and I would have left interesting. A little, I, I think it, to, if I had it to do all again, I would let it breathe a little more and let the feeling of the live show be a little more. Right? I think a lot of comedians have that issue. My, uh, I'm not comparing myself to you as a stand up at all. Of but, course, buddy. Come um, on now, easy uh, does it. I independently released one a couple years ago, and I kept some of the riffing in it because I was like, you know yeah. what. I want people to feel like they're at the show. Right. And Whereas, like, because I feel yes. like, for example, Jim Gaffigan or someone has gone to this other length where it's right. just punchline, laugh, punchline, laugh, where it almost feels like. Yeah. Uh, I love Jim Gaffigan. I love. Ga- <laughs> I, uh, no, and we're not dissing Gaffigan. No. Because I'm going to jump on. It's just on, a different production jump, style. I'm going to jump on with you there because I yeah. love Gaffigan. Yeah. And he's a craftsman. But after a while, you want to see the brush strokes a little bit more than just the finished product all the time, right? He's just yeah. showing you a perfect painting all the time. And after a while, you go, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing some of those sketches yeah. and some of the work and some of the buildup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let it breathe, right? And it, right. And Seinfeld's like that. Like, Seinfeld is almost maddening in his perfection. Right. Sometimes, right? It's like, oh, Jesus, could you just fuck around a little bit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. the perfection is so... And, and uh, total respect. Yeah. And that's a, that's just a form... That's a way to go. You but know? it makes sense as a stand-up to like, oh, man, I was... I There's still stuff I chopped from that show, for sure. You know, overthinking yes. stuff and... Right. You know, well, he, that's I, why I you get have it. a... Produ- that's why... That's why musicians have producers. Yeah. Right? Because... At the end of the day, they're like, shut the fuck up. At the end of the day, like, (laughs) I play the songs, and you should almost step away and let someone you really trust that really knows your shit handle it from there. Who edited it? Uh, Ben Miner and me. Oh, sweet. Right? Nice. So... And it's called American Portions. American Portions. And it's doing well. It's gotten write-ups in what? Huffington Post and stuff? Yeah, it's getting a little play, you know, and that's nice. But it's funny, because all this generation now is hustling... To like release albums to get play on Sirius XM and sell them on iTunes and stuff. Right. And you're like a legend from the, like you started in the 80s. Yes. <laughs> and this is your first album. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's a different era. Yeah, it's a different time. Yeah. When I started doing comedy, no one did albums, you know. Yeah. We were trying to do other things and whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And 30 years goes by remarkably fast, right? Like, it took me 10 years to become a professional comedian, really. Yeah. Like anybody. It's, right. Th- that's the minimum. That's when you graduate with your doctorate. Ten, yeah. 10 years. It takes 10 years to become a pro comic. And I don't care who you are. And, you know, there's Eddie Murphy's. But those lightning bolts are very rare. Yeah. Right? Those are rare. Ex- there's exceptions. And he's not doing it now. No, of course not. You know? Of course not. Because yeah. he, was, he was a genius at 21, 22. And, then, and now he doesn't have the balls to show up to a gig he's booked. Yeah. And when I say balls, I mean the nerve. The right. fucking nerve. He, he can't. Like, he books something, and then the day of or the week of, he cancels. Yeah. He, he can't because he was this unbelievable thing. Yeah. How do you match that? You can't be James Dean again or whatever analogy you want to make. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like it's He just, knew that. I think it, James it, Dean knew that. I think that's why he smashed the car. Well, uh, that's like a crazy, like imagine that. Like, yeah. Like if I do five minutes on stage, I get to sleep the next day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like last night I just sat. I got to sleep by about four in the morning and I'm in a, I'm in a fucking vape lounge in front of 30 people. Yeah. Ima- imagine how hard it was for Elvis to get the fuck down after a gig, man. Like, it's a tough, it's just a really tough thing to put, your, put yourself out there. And yeah, I guess we never put ourselves in Elvis's shoes post gig. Imagine, no one does that. Imagine Elvis. We so all just think half fried b- peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, but, <laughs> no, but imagine yeah. like when he was young, Elvis. Yeah. And he's just becoming this thing. Or the Beatles or whoever, right? Yeah. Imagine how hard it would be to get to sleep after a gig being those type of people. Like, it's impossible. So you hit Oh, the- I really love Jimi Hendrix. And people are always like, yeah, but imagine the music he would have been making now. Right. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I mean. I wish he didn't Ste- die. Hey, Stevie Wonder lived and hasn't given us anything to really chew on in a long time right <laughs> if, right if stevie had died we'd all be like oh if stevie had just lived well yeah he did and uh yeah. where are we at we're still doing super, yeah superstition right uh so let's not over right let's not overstate yeah this is great i'm i'm, I'm shitting on stevie wonder that's that's yeah. We went from your promoting your album what a fucking to Stevie Wonder hasn't given fucking, us anything to chew on. We haven't. Stevie's <laughs> like, where's Stevie at? How did we get to the? Yeah, fuck, that's terrible. I saw him last year. Uh, my <laughs> wife Kathleen and I saw him last year at the ACC. Still a genius. But yeah, he's amazing, and his voice is still good. His music's still good. But you're right. He was touring around the '70s albums. Sure, and that's you know? fair. There's nothing wrong with that. The guy was a genius. He is no, a genius. He, you're, no, you're right. He sucks. I should have. No, th- no, I should have no, thrown no. something at him. No, no, no. Listen. Obviously, the man's a genius. He's an icon. He's a tent pole. Yeah. Right? But when people start to predict the future, it gets hilarious, right? When people say, oh, if John Lennon had lived, and if Lennon had lived, I think we would yeah. have seen some different things, obviously. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe he fucking becomes a recluse and we never hear from him again. Yeah. Right? Like, who knows? You can't, you know, people get in the prediction game. It's hilarious. We can't even, we don't even know if it's going to rain tomorrow, man. Yeah, I don't know if I consciously tried to not blow up at early at a young age. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought maybe unconsciously I've always been playing the long game. The long con. The that's long my, con. That's, my, that's it. <laughs> yeah. This has all been a careful, calculated plan. A- anytime I fail or I don't get a TV gig or something, I'm always like, I'm going to be an old wise man. You'll see. Right. <laughs> well, I think, it, uh, I mean, 
listen, you've been pumping my tires, and I, I just think you're one of the uh, one of the hot kids, man. <laughs> like you're one of the hot cats. Like you just crack me up. And, oh, thanks. No, like that, I mean, that means a lot coming from you. Jeez. I I I love following you on the social media oh, because yeah. <laughs> uh, you really like. You, well, you, you kind of show me. How to keep it loose, you know? Because oh yeah, I don't care what I, I, goes right. On. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm an old I'm an old dog trying to learn new tricks with that stuff. Well, I do stand up at night and I do independent films and TV randomly, so I don't have an actual nine to five job. So sometimes I'm like, oh, are people going to be like, get a job, dude? But really, it's just like, no, nah, I'm at home trying to write and I'll just fire a dumb thing out there. You I. Know? I, I, I I just it's inspiring. Your 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 Facebook statuses are ins- are inspiring. I'm not even being facetious. That's wow. like Thanks. It, like you really like <laughs> you're showing and what I like about them is uh I never have to hit read more. I'm never tapping on read more. Yeah, right. No, you know the I'm not a ranter. No, the rules are <laughs> come on, you fucking asshole. Let's get this over with, right? Like I don't want if I'm scrolling down my fart book, I don't want to <laughs> Hit read more. Like, yeah. no, fair enough if, if, if somebody passed away this close to you or something like that, a special once a year, uh, that, whatever. But even then, I don't yeah, know, but I whatever. Know. But like, I can understand if, if it's a once a year thing where something happened. No, but that's come up on this uh, podcast quite a bit with other guests. It's like, what do you think about these, uh, makeshift practice eulogies coming up on Facebook all the time when mm-hmm. like a celeb dies or something? Oh, well, I find it's always like an, I, okay, if someone close to your family, no sure. problem. But if it's like, I remember watching Mrs. Doubtfire with my grandma right. at the cottage and we had lemonade and, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, I it find feels that, weird. I find that disingenuous. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. If, if like, like yourself, we have friends on Facebook that are big shots. Lots of them, right? I, I've got, yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a wide range of friends on Facebook from people that are from my hometown and Canadian, just friends, real, yeah. real people, and also, yeah. and also, fucking uh, various level of celebrities that I've met over the years, yeah, right, and brushed against, like Martin Short type, right, yeah. and, and and so if somebody like uh, somebody that worked with Robin Williams in the movies wants to put a couple of paragraphs up. That's more than fair. Right. But when Joe Blow from Fuckface Alberta <laughs> wants to write... And a, there is a Fuckface Alberta. No. I've gigged it. <laughs> I can hook you up after. <laughs> yeah. But like... Yeah. Yeah, that's just disingenuous if they're going to write a page. Like... I know. Go ahead it's and... A, th- they make the celeb's death about themselves. Go ahead and throw up uh, a couple of lines about how you watched his movies and loved the guy and it's a very sad day. Yeah. No, no problem, right? But... Yeah, don't make me hit read more. Bob Kerr actually has the perfect joke about it. Uh, you know Bob? Sure, he's, aw- minutes. he's awesome, man. Yeah, I love yeah. Bobby Kerr. I got to get him on this, if you're listening. But yeah, Bob uh, has this joke where he's talking about when MCA from the Beastie Boys died on Twitter. First joke, can't believe MCA is gone. R.I.P. <laughs> Second twi- tweet, uh, MCA and the Beastie Boys meant so much to me growing up. Can't believe he's gone still. R.I.P. Third tweet, of, like five minutes later... Fart, uh, wait, no, poop jokes are not my farte. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that joke always killed because that's the internet in a nutshell. That's it. Super sincerity and then poo jokes are not my farte. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. Uh, he's, he's hilarious, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's been killing it at 22 minutes. And that's a good segue because you started there, right? Or yes, you, you... that was my first TV writing gig. Man, you okay, so let's just, before we get to your utopia, let's talk about some of the, you basically have been like a king joke writer, like which is hard to do in Canada for most of your career. Like you came yeah. out like well, killers, I, well, I, headliner, uh, stand up, then 22 minutes, now Mercer, right? Yeah. And those were years, right? Yeah, I did, uh, yeah. I did seasons... Uh, Four, five, six, seven on on twenty two. So I wrote oh, yeah. the original cast, and I mostly oh with Rick, yeah, yeah. And I, mo- I mostly wrote for Kathy and Mary. Oh yeah, Walshy and Jonesy, and uh, which I was just saying the other day that really helps your learning curve. You oh know, yeah, because those uh, those women are awesome and really good at what they're doing. So cool that that's how I learned to write was writing for those two and. Uh, and yeah, did four seasons there, and then uh, bounced around for a couple of years. Oh yeah, I've taken a couple of hard runs at L.A., which I'm yeah, which I'm really happy I did, because now I kind of don't have to wonder about what would have gone on out there. Yeah. I, I know I I you know I got close to some shit. It didn't happen. Who cares? Like I saw yeah. I saw that place. I lived there for a couple of years twice. So I've lived in L.A. for four or five years, and totally saw what that place is about yeah got the smell of it got the feel <laughs> of it got my bag kicked right off you know and there's a certain satisfaction yeah. now i went through a phase where i was re- not regretful but like wondering what if i had done things different and all that shit you I do i think it's right. pretty admirable to make it work in canada as a comedian and keep pushing for the canadian industry to grow by your input to well, the industry. I mean, I've done LA, uh, not concentrated for years at a time, but I've mm-hmm. gone a lot. Sure. And a lot of my friends down there, sure, they've done Conan or or something else too, or or Ferguson or whatever. Right. But every, but at the end of the after that, you're still trapped in your own flesh. Yeah. Like the next morning, you're still scared, bitter, fearful, like you know, insecure. You bet. You bet. Yeah. And then you only you just have to drive to get tacos. Like yeah. That's I it. mean, um, I love it. Doctor Dr. Bob Rotella, yeah, golf psychologist, sports psychologist, yeah, and uh, somebody that I just really love his teachings. And I've my my little brother got me all his books. What's his name again? Doctor Bob Rotella. Okay, Bob he was Rotella. he he was a, a basketball coach at the University of Massachusetts back in the seventies. Okay, yeah, and then he realized his gift was sports psychology and and prepping players' minds to get their best out of them. Right. Yeah, and so now he's a golf specialist, and he. He coaches like uh, about ten guys that are in this Masters tournament right now. Amazing! And I think what, someone else has mentioned him to me before. I'm not sure if it was you before at a show or might be because I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm always talking, Doctor. Yeah, Bob. maybe you brought him up. Yeah. Well, Doctor Bob, I mean, he's got a dozen books, maybe fifteen books he's written. Mm-hmm. They can all be boiled down to one notion: you are what you think of yourself. Oh shit, I'm dead. <laughs> right? That's the only thing, yeah. the only notion that 21st century psychology can agree upon right yeah. across the board is that by and large, people become what they think of themselves. Fuck. Right? So, you know, it's not, that makes, that makes these guys that you see become stars very explainable all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, yeah. You go, well, of course. And you've met a person that hasn't become a star yet that thinks they're a star, and you're like, okay. 
Oh, I've seen. Do you it. know what I mean? I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah, man. yeah. Hey, here's a here's a funny little quick story. Yeah. Nineteen. 1986. Okay, let's go back to 1986 prices. I'm working. I'm working a. I'm working a fucking. Uh, I'm working a saloon on the edge of Toronto somewhere with Lawrence Morgenstern. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm opening for Lawrence at some wing joint. Okay. Yeah. 1986. There's this kid in the back of the room who's too young to be there. He's like 12, 14 maybe. Right. Yeah. He's staring a hole through the show. He's concentrating so fucking hard watching us. That he's freaking me out. Like I'm like, who is this kid? Right? He's yeah. just watching the show so hard. Right? He's just sucking it all in. You can just see it. I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah. And Lawrence and I talked to him for a second after the show. And he came up to us and he said, Man, that was awesome. I'm gonna do this. And he walked out. And we looked at each other and said, That kid means it, man. Right? Yeah. Russell Peters. Are you serious? That's a true story. Nineteen eighty six? He was fourteen, fifteen. Just like with this, he had a bone in his mouth already, and he wasn't letting it go. That's amazing. And so that goes to Dr. Bob. You are, like, he, he, he knew, this is what I'm going to fucking do. I'm going to do it hard, you know, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's multi, multi-millions a year now, right? Yeah. Yeah, incredible. I have a staff writing job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got one of the best. <laughs> no, but it... You are what you think of yourself. I had an a- yeah. I had an agent in L.A. one time when I was young, yeah, younger, like, and I was out there my first time out there, yeah, signed with a big shot agent. So my big shot agent takes me out to lunch with the owner of the agency, old school Hollywood dude, owns yeah. the agency, right? Wants to meet the young new client, right? My my guy's been telling him about me. Oh yeah, this guy, you know. He's sharp. We're going to do something with this guy. We, yeah. get out to, we get out to lunch, and the owner of the agency says, okay, Tim, what's the best case scenario for your career? And I start talking about, well, I'd like to get a late-night TV spot. I'd like to get a staff writing job. He's pissed off. I can just see. Like, I've pissed him off already, right? Yeah. And he looks at me and goes, wow, they really beat the thinking big idea up there in Canada, don't they? Whoa. That's good to hear. Right? Yeah. He wanted to hear my name over the title, sir. That's all he wanted to hear. Yeah. What's the best? Ca- he said, "What's the best case scenario? Best case scenario is I'm fucking Tom Cruise next week. I'm yeah, t- yeah. I become, uh, you know, a star. Yeah, yeah. That's all he wants to hear. He doesn't want to hear, you know, writing for Conan or getting a spot on Letterman. Yeah, being humble in the states feels weird. It they, it doesn't work. They, they don't. They, they don't want that. They don't know what's wrong with you. No, no, no. First thing an American does is walk. Even when in. you do stand up, because Canadians are very like uh, self. Pardon uh, me. Excuse me. Yeah. Right." They're like, wow, like they, the whole like, um, what's the word? Like, not like we're uh, insightful about ourselves, whatever. Mm-hmm. Talking about ourselves, like how we feel and stuff <laughs> right. in our jokes. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> like, we're all introspective with our right. humor. Right. And we're the, we're the butt of the joke. They're like, what the hell are you doing? Just make fun of the dumb guy over there and let's go. Right. Talk about your big cock. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I, I took an acting class. Oh, we're like, I'm nervous. Yeah, right. <laughs> I took, an, I took an, an acting class down there and, uh, and I was the only Canadian in the fucking class. There's yeah. like 12 of us, right? Yeah. Half guys, half girls. And, and I'm the only Canadian. And one thing that started to become really apparent was that I had a certain, pardon me, excuse me, approach to almost everything they gave me as opposed to the American act. And so 
at one point the uh, the 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 instructor who's awesome, like really awesome. My my agency said this is the guy you need to see, right? Yeah, he's the guy. So he was great. And he, he after one class one night, he goes, "Hey Tim, can you hang around a sec?" Right? And I'm like, "Oh sweet, I'm gonna get a little one on one here," you know. And this is what he said. He said, "Tim, when an American actor walks into an audition, he flops his cock on the table." Bang. There's my big fucking cock, right? Yeah. And a Canadian actor, generally speaking, wants to tuck their cock between their fucking legs and be like, sorry about my giant cock. <laughs> you know, in a metaphorical... Yeah. Right? Like as the actor. I'm not... Right? Like as the... Yeah. As the male side of the equation, right? He's saying... If it was a female, it would be uh, giant jugs. Sure, whatever. <laughs> as a female, probably right. Just get your tits out on a platter. Yeah. Right? And put your cleavage right there in my fucking face, right? That, yeah. That's what he's saying. Like an American, just immediately they think... Yeah, they're like, eat it. Here's my sexuality. I'm yeah. the fuck. Here's my big cock. Here's my tits, whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And the Canadians <laughs> generally go, well, geez, I, I hope my cock doesn't show yeah. in this scene where I'm talking about my cock specifically. Uh, uh, yeah, know? yeah. Like, and, and that was, that was an I'm interesting... I'm sorry for asking for a job. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a... Yeah. Whereas, like, your job would only be good if I'm the star. That's American. Well, can yeah. it, it, Canada just... It doesn't reward that attitude, right? Yeah. It doesn't reward that attitude, so we're trained to sort of not be that way because look at our biggest stars. Think about our biggest stars in Canada. Yeah. They are not cocky assholes, right? They're homespun, nice people, Yeah, right? We don't have to name them. You know. The people that are big in Canada are people who are nice people, genuinely yeah. too. Not a and fucking are you act. talking about not the ones in America? No, no, the ones that make a living that are here, here, that are stars here. Yeah. There's only a couple of handfuls. Yeah. But, but when you think of those names, men and women, they're nice people. Yeah. They are uh, gracious, right? Yeah. They're appreciative of their success. They give back. Yeah. All these things, right? You know, there's... No, I was talking about that with a buddy the other day. I was like, one thing that I love, because I have done a lot of shows in New York and LA and stuff, but one thing that I... I actually really love about Toronto is um, there's no ego bumping up against anybody really in the stand-up scene if you're really doing it. You know what I mean? Right. And having a good time. Like, uh, if anyone's kind of like walks into that, like, here's my big cock thing into like a show or something, mm -hmm. we kind of like push that guy to the side, like, get out of here. Well, you know that, what I mean? Like, you can... Yeah, no, no, that doesn't play. It's, yeah. Right? I mean, there's a respect thing. Whereas there is a type of people maybe somewhere else that... Oh, like that guy's an asshole, but I respect that. Like that, we don't respect that really, right? In a way, generally, the people who are really gifted in the Canadian scene who have that attitude become stars in America. Yeah, yeah, they have, <coughs> they have to leave. Yeah, because Norm Macdonald. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, you remember those days? Of course, I was. Fuck. No, I mean like. Norm is a great example of somebody who's yeah. perfectly suited to be a superstar in the States. Yeah. And until, you know, and not always appreciated as much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, his, his take is so perfect for down there kicking so much ass. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the funniest dudes in the world. Do you think it's sort of like now that I'm just wondering about it, maybe it's also because America's history is so righteous and we have such a kind of weird, wimpy history. Like, they fought everybody to be the people they wanted to be. They fought themselves. 
They fought the Native Americans. We still Americans. have some old lady on our money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We got our grandmas looking at us. Right. Like, we came here as an outpost to trade fur, and then we were savage to the, the people mm-hmm. that were already living here. Mm-hmm. And so we're just filled with, like, shame from history. Whereas mm-hmm. Americas were like, I'll kill everybody yep. to fucking eat pie on my goddamn dog. I'll have, <laughs> I'm going to open carry down to the thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm going to carry my gun on my horse's head. I mean, it, it boils down to how fast they'll honk at you in traffic versus us. I mean, you can boil it, right? Like, yeah. You, you slow an American down for, for three seconds, you're getting the horn. Yeah, you're right? dead. And a Canadian will look at a green light with nobody moving for about a minute and a half and then yeah. roll the window down and, is everybody okay? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you can feel it down there. As yeah. soon as you cross the border, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, if someone honks at someone here, they get out and everyone hugs and says, I'm sorry, and I love you. My bad. My bad. (laughs) Yeah. Right? It's Toronto's changing. Toronto's getting crazy. It it is. We're on a murder murder rate to break all records this year. Great. Congratulations. We're on a triple-digit rate for the... We might have 100 murders in a year. Is that true? Yeah. And you know what's really in vogue now? The stabbings are really in vogue. Shootings are out. Really? Stabbings are the new rave. So you ha- you do have gun laws, but then we just bring back knives. I think people should... Uh, oh, I wish it could... Co- like spears and... like. I-, I wish it could get really savage. How's your beer, buddy? Do you want- are we going to a second beer? I'll go another. Okay, let's do another beer. We're drinking a beer. You can run- put the mic down. Listen, I'm running over to get a beer from the little beer fridge. Yeah. This is awesome, buddy. Time's flying by. It's 1 p.m. in uh yeah, 1 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon, but if you're in Tim Steve's poker man cave basement, you don't fucking say no to the beers. No, no, these are nice. These are These are Talcan Heineken. These are the kinds that came raining out of the upper deck at Rogers Center when they made that bullshit call on us last year. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. I'm excited. My buddy my buddy says the world works on an honor system and that's what no one Wants you to know, right? And yeah. that, that day at Rogers Center when there was like 16 cops trying to restrain 51,000 people throwing beers. I thought we were going to have a fucking riot. Well, the honor system was And cracking. I kind of wanted a riot. Is that bad? Well, yeah. That's you know bad. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's bad. That's bad. No, no. We don't want <laughs> no but sometimes you're like, yeah, you don't want people to get hurt, but you want right. some real action. Well, you know what I like is that now that's Toronto bad. Blue Jays fans are known for throwing beer foam on a baby. And last time we made... Right, pl- that's it, bad. It, that's not what I'm talking about. No, no, no but in 92, 93, when we went back-to-back World Series wins, yeah. uh, Dave Winfield came out in the newspaper and said, we want noise. Because the crowd, yeah. the crowd was too Canadian. Well, too polite. <coughs> right? So there you go. See, this is, proves our point. Toronto is changing. Yeah, the playoffs last year totally proved it. That's right. We, and, but that obnoxious baby shit was bad. Well, that was just... Yeah, that was unfortunate. But that no, was... Go ahead. I'll be the devil's advocate. That was a fucking insane game. Ridiculous, buddy. And those guys got Ridiculous. They, more than their uh, comeuppance for the bad call. That was amazing. It was unbelievable. They so got the he- bad flip that etched in history. Really quick. I'll tell you really <laughs> quick that day for me. That day for me. Yeah. I'm at my desk at Mercer. I've got tickets to that game with my, buddy, my, my cousin Jason and my buddy Paul. We're going to that, that game. And uh, about... Two hours before the game, my phone lights up, and it's my little brother, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to want to talk ball today really quick, yeah, you know? Game five, right? I answer the phone, totally ready to talk baseball. As soon as I hear his voice, I know, dad passed away. Are you fucking serious? Well, we knew it was coming. 
And it wouldn't have caught me by surprise if it had come any other time. Yeah. If that phone rings yeah. at 11 o'clock on a random night I, and I see it's my brother, I'm like, ah, there it is. Yeah. Right? I was ready for this call. Yeah. But he caught me by surprise because it was two hours before game five. I just assumed, oh, yeah, he wants to talk some J-ball, right? And like, fuck, dad passed away. I can't believe that. Now, here's what's cool. Dad, the, the last three years of his life, he was on his back, right? Yeah. Various states of in the hospital and, you know, and nursing and all this shit, right? Yeah. The one thing that he always loved right to the end was watching his Jays. Oh, my God. He loved his Jays. And guess who his favorite player was? Carter? Jose Bautista. Oh, no. So I get the news dad passes away. Then I meet my cousin Jason. Dude, that's fucking why he flipped his bat. Isn't that crazy? You know so, I mean? so I meet my cousin Jason, who obviously knew my dad really well all yeah, his yeah, life. And yeah. so it was really cool that just by fluke, I'm meeting up with a blood relative that yeah. knew the old man. And we, go to, that, and we go to that fucking game. Yeah. You want to talk about emotional. Oh man! Like I, I'm getting emotional hearing this story. I, it's insane. That that experience was so off the charts. So we go in talking about dad, and Jason's, Jason's all excited to be with me. He's like, I'm so happy I can be with you today, man. And and it was a relief too, because the old man had no quality of life left. Right. So once you get past the finality of it. <clears throat> You're okay that, fuck, his pain is over. You know, all that stuff, right? So there, it wasn't like he died in a car accident. This was something that we knew had to happen. And it might as well be now as six months from now, right? So yeah. there was, it wasn't like... And I had my goodbye with him just a few weeks before. Yeah, yeah. So in a certain way, things were wrapped up good with that. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. And... and um I mean, that's not to say it doesn't hurt like hell and it sucks and all that. But there was also a certain like poetry to it that was like, okay. So Jason and I are talking all about that and Paul too. Paul knew dad. And, and uh, so we're really like, and I'm still not, it hasn't sunk in yet. So I'm still in that kind of weird place where. We're going to this game, and Dad's gone, and Jesus Christ, like how weird is this, right? Next thing you know, I've got three or four Stellas in me, and and it's on, and that game happens. So by the time we got back here into the basement, and yeah. that at all, I was just an emotional fucking mess, man. Because seventh inning, and then Jose, and then the whole thing, and and the crowd, people in the crowd are crying, yeah, and they didn't even lose their dad today. Yeah. So, like, for me, it was just an unbelievable, overwhelming thing. I can't believe, like, yeah, at first when you're telling me the story, I can't believe you were there anyways. But to have that extra depth to it, it's just incredible. It was... I and, would, like you said, fitting because he was all-out Jay's fan, and there you go. It was and the best Ho and Jay's Jose, game ever. And Jose. He loved Jose. Yeah. And he, and he used to... And that's Jose's defining moment by far, by a the, lot. You know. Dad, Dad was old school, obviously, yeah. and he was a great athlete when he was young, and he taught me and my brother big time about you don't show up your opponent, you respect your opponent, uh, you look him in the eye, you shake his hand, all that stuff, right? But as he got older, he changed with the times, and he used to say, Jose is 
doesn't come from where you come from. He, he said to me once, he goes, uh, Jose doesn't come from where we come from, and he plays his game the way he plays. Yeah. So I respected Dad for, even as an old dude, he was able to change with the times or see things yeah. as they changed and, and respect that it's not 1971 anymore. Right. It's not 1968, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he, he could appreciate the fact that things change, man. Yeah. Yeah, bring some fire to the game. Yeah, well... Yeah, I mean, if you want kids to fall in love with a sport, you know, you got to show them a little bit of fun, you know? Yeah, it, it keeps getting like that, you know, basketball's getting like that. It's insane. Everything's yeah, like getting I, crazy. I, like, I don't appreciate the circus aspect of the NBA, right? Like, but I also appreciate that... I'm not a big sports guy, but I go in and out on the NBA because of the, that reason. The, the NBA is a fucking circus, and I'm a basketball fan, so... I'm not necessarily a huge NBA fan. We haven't even got. How to are we your, doing? No, it's good. All this is great. We haven't even gone to your utopia fe- yet, but we, this we, is insane. We feel like I feel like we're really. This is the fact that this is all getting recorded is just incredible. It's gonna be people are gonna love this. Uh, yeah. I, I hope so, dude. I, yeah. I, I, hey, having a couple of tall cans in the basement is <laughs> is not a. My is this bro- part? My, that's the thing. Like I said at the beginning of this, this is already your utopia. We're at yeah. your poker table, right? The Masters is on this b- big screen TV. Yeah, uh, you're talking about your dad and and the the game uh, with the seventh inning. Oh my god! Like that was incredible. Like, I, what would you do differently? Because when on Utopia to me on this podcast, I get yeah. people. You can say anything you want. It doesn't even have to be the planet Earth. You can make right. up any world, anything. What would be your perfect world slash life? And I feel like see other success. Like I've had Brent Butt on. Sure, and I've had. Uh, uh, like other successful people on and, and I'm like, oh yeah, when you're super successful and you've done everything, you've already kind of made your utopia. Like I feel like I'm in your utopia right now. Well, I mean, like, I what re- else would change? What I would really change? do dig it down here. Yeah. This is the man game. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really do dig it down here. But yeah. but I mean, I, I, for those of you that want to know on the post, uh, there are actually like, a spade, a heart, a club, and a diamond carving. The, the suits. Yeah, the suits glued to the wall or nailed yeah, to the those wall. Are, those are wooden cutouts. Now, like, this is Poker City. There's a painting of a drink with a king or no, a jack. No, well, it, like, look now. Now think a what jack it, and it's a joker. A, it's a cola, and it's a, it's a jack and coke. Jack and coke. So it's the jack and coke. So the jack <laughs> of hearts is pouring a coke into the... So it's a jack and coke. And then the joker over here... Yeah, he's the drink. He's that drink repre- that's represents me. This that's is, you. This was a gift to me. Are you serious? Yeah. Did someone paint this for no, you? No, 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 no. But it's they, still like but very it's, apt. Yeah, it's cool. No, this is a... I think dude's name is Goddard. Let me yeah. just really quick... Okay, so the painting is like a jack card in... His name is Goddard, and he's like this <clears throat> casino yeah. artist. So it's a it's, yeah, it's yeah. a highball glass. Yeah, with that's a, a full cola. on casino, right? And that's cool. Am I, yeah. Uh, so Jack card in a Coke. So Jack and Coke, and then the Joker card is beside it, right? Because Tim's the cool. fucking Joker drinking. What's cool? What's and then cool, what's this? Okay, uh, poker po- night. What's cool is uh, my wife got me a lot of this stuff, and that's really oh, makes that's me nice. happy. So she hates this. This is the poker fireplace back here. It's just uh, it's an original piece. <laughs> Did you paint this? No. <laughs> Some dude in San Francisco. I found it online, right? And I just thought it was Did kind you get of, this delivered to you yeah, from San Francisco? Totally, Fran? totally, right? Some oh, dude amazing. in San Francisco painted this. So it's a painting that says Jack on it, but it's got all the suits on it, but there's like 
it sort of looks like a broad brushstroke fireplace. It's a broad brushstroke fireplace. (laughs) You have to stand back about 100 meters to see the fireplace, right? Anyway, long story short. You ordered it online. Long story short, my wife hates it. Yeah. Okay. So my I don't know. (laughs) Right. No, it's 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 okay. No, it's not terrible. But (laughs) the cool, the best thing you can say about it is original. You're not going to see it anywhere else. Yeah. But my mom comes up. A few weeks ago to visit for a couple nights. I take her to a Raptor game. Yeah. We're hanging out after one night and she goes, Oh, I like that. She points the poker fireplace and she goes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <"Sign."> Boom. <laughs> like your mother in law. How great is that for the wife, right? But her yeah. mother in law comes in and likes the poker fireplace. Those are the like walls right, closing in. Right on out every of a side. sitcom. That's right out of a sitcom. That's so, yeah, we got to, oh my God. Canada has to write, Everybody loves Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Would you fucking do uh, it? This is how you do. I see. I see you working. I know how you play it. You get a guy on. Or, <laughs> you, you get your guest on, and just pump their tires. Hey, I so got good ideas, hard. man. <laughs> my okay. idea is. You my, know what's funny because you're super East Coast. You're New Brunswick, right? Yes. Yeah, my yes. mom's whole family's from St. Andrews. Cool. I've told you that before, but we were probably drinking at a club. I don't remember anything. Of course, but we were. But but so my my like I was telling you earlier off the podcast my dad is mega golf guy so he loves visiting family out there because the right. st andrews golf course is there right? right right so but where are you from again in new brunswick sussex sussex okay so yeah i haven't been there yet i've done a i did some i did uh fredericton uh in november i played quiz pam sis quiz pam sis yeah Quispam. it was amazing i like that quiz pam sis i'm all because i have to remember <laughs> no that's you, like i had to break it down so you, much you said it right you just put the accent on the pam i think that's cool quiz pam sis even though i practiced i think i still made fun of it when i was on stage i was but, like fuck is this place man? well of course you would <laughs> quiz pam sis yeah and truro yeah. you know what i mean like you gotta make fun yeah we stopped in truro on the way to Halley, but we didn't i didn't do a show there yet but they had the statue that in Truro, they had this giant statue when you enter. Do you know that one? They had right. to change his hand because it's a Native American statue, but he was holding uh, like a uh, like a fucking fire, you know, like whatever, like a, a torch, a torch. Yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much. A stick with fire on <laughs> a it. A stick with fire, unga. <laughs> but but it was down on his waist, so people used to complain that it looked like he was holding a giant dick. So they actually changed the statue outside of Truro to hold the flame so up that high. So now it looks like a giant dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's funny. Like people that I love the East Coast though. And I was telling Kathleen, my wife, before I came out here today, I'm like, oh, here we go. Tim's on the fucking by Kingston Road, Victoria Park. For some reason, I feel like East Coast guys. When I come out to the east end of Toronto, it feels almost maritimes out here. <laughs> come on, well, you have to admit it. I'm halfway home out here. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it really cuts half hour off the drive. But it is a little maritime out here. There's some guys that are smoke a lot. They have yeah. red mustaches. <laughs> oh, no, it's not the west side. This is not the west side. No, I'm, this yeah, is the I'm east side, pa- motherfucker. Yeah, I'm High Park uh, RC yeah, nerd. No, no, no. We got the $1 store out here, motherfucker. <laughs> right? You need some cheap socks. Cheap yeah. underwear and dish soap. We got you covered. It's funny how you're like on the border of Toronto, Scarborough, but still like you got the deep like Ontarian accents here or like, you know, oh, yeah. northern oh, accents sure. out here. For sure. For sure, man. I love it. Yeah. This is great. And you're close to Wilmot. Hey, listen, I want to say congratulations to you, buddy. Oh, yeah. This is my first podcast since. That's amazing. It? Nine yeah. days? Nine day old little girl at home. That's so. Amy Moonlock. 
Amy Moonlock? Yeah, she's that a little beautiful. Doll. That's beautiful, man. Congratulations. Isn't That's that crazy? so amazing, dude. This is just a touching family-oriented episode. What happens usually on a on a Chris Lockett Utopia episode? Anything. I like to everything. I like everything. to have the guest on. I like to go their way. Well, I mean, you know, I'm yeah. You're not pushing me around. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> we can. It feels pretty. F- I am free not flowing. A, yeah, exactly. I'm not an investigative reporter. I love Kindler. What did Kindler do? Kindler, see, that's the thing. Like, you can't... He fucked the dog and sold the puppies, didn't he? I, you can't control him. <laughs> yeah. He's so, I, I'm a huge fan. Me too. Him. I love him. Me too. And he's... Basically, the last few years, I get on every alternative show he does in Montreal and Toronto here. Uh, he agreed to do the podcast No Sweat. Like, it's just a beautiful... He's a sweet dude. Like, because I've been watching him since the 90s, like on Dr. Sure. Cats and shit. And so when you grow up, like... And right. even when I was a kid in my 20s going to Montreal, JFL, watching the alternative show being like, I'm going to do that one day. Mm-hmm. And now it's not even that a thing. I just do it and yep. I, we have so much fun. Oh, yeah. So same thing. Like, you know, sometimes... He's a class, he's a class guy. Yeah. I mean, I met him in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, fly by, say hi. I didn't, I didn't... Basically, his utopia was like, great coffee. Right. <laughs> and then we well, just talked his, about everything. Yeah, sure. The, yeah. Well, that's his style, right? Mm-hmm. But I met him in the 90s, fly by, say hi. Yeah. Don't see him for a few years. See him again at JFL, and he walks up to me and goes, hey, Tim, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that just blew my fucking mind. Well, we were talking about the American cliches earlier. Yeah. He is he's in his own. Right. You can't, he doesn't fit in. That's that. why he's so popular up he's there. He's this very magical man. That's why he's so... Loved in Canada. Yeah. There's lots of great American comics that come up here. Yeah. And they do fine. And yeah. people dig them. Totally. But Andy is loved because... And he loves Canada for that yeah, reason. Yeah, because he's a human being, man, first, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like the nicest episode. We're just, we're just all in love with everybody. Well, I mean, you caught me on a master's morning. Yeah. And I had And you're not watching that much. I got to give you credit. Well, you know, it's early. This is this it's early, but also this is very engaged. I dig this. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, if you want This wanna... is real. Let me tell you. I'll be honest with you for a sec. So, you told me to me. We talk we sometimes it gets crazy. Sometimes people don't say any serious shit and then they just create this world that's bonkers and super fun. And I like those episodes too, but it's always half and half. Uh, but the thing is is you are you're humble. You are a Canadian version of Humble that we were talking about earlier, and you are a legend. Like you said, you're doing a show with Morgan Stern in 86, and there's Russell Peters watching you guys. The thing that I find more interesting is you're doing the fucking wing shop in 86. Right. Like, everybody is happy when you're on the show with them. Everybody looks up to you as this mega Canadian stand-up, and and then you've just been hitting it uh, as the writer, too, like... You can talk about fucking anything on this thing because people that there's there's a good listenership for this uh, podcast. So there's people out there that just want to hear you talk, anyways. So I'm cool with that. That's what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> and especially the stories you're telling are just in, I, I don't care. I don't I don't feel like a legend, and I don't feel like yeah. some mega anything. Okay, I feel like, but that's because we don't like self-aggrandize. Like sure, some but other I ap- I appreciate do, you know? that I'm that I'm still running with cats. You know that are in it. You know, like I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate that I can still. Like last night, I yeah. Went, you're talking about Jeff Paul's show last night. Yeah, I went up on Jeff's one of the show last shows, night, and I just, I just want to try to keep the balloon in the air a little bit. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Give the tap, right? Because yeah. if you let your balloon hit the fucking floor, it's hard then. It, it's harder to take the balloon off the floor than to give it a tap while it's still in the air. So yeah. I just tried to keep getting up. Analogy king, ladies and gentlemen. Balloon right? tap. Balloon tap. <laughs> the balloon tap of a career, right? Where you need yeah, yeah. to... It's easier to tap the balloon while it's still in the air than to lift it off the fucking floor. It becomes like a weight yeah. once it hits the deck, right? Yeah. So I've just always tried to keep getting up. Uh, keep well, even like now stage. you're saying I have this baby now, nine days old, and I'm already like super worried because I did a show last night. I run this monthly this show. This might call- be the most belchy episode. <laughs> 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 We're going for most belchy. Oh, I got pre- that, one of my most wasted episodes was with, was with Rob Ross, and it was really fun. Uh, wow. Dude, he's, what, he's what another a, guy. Yeah. Is he a fucking monster, right? He that, was one of the first ones that did it when I was that, first starting dude, it out. He, man. Did, he was like number, he was my fourth or fifth guest. I've, I've worked. On, um, on like you know a cup of coffee here and there with that guy and he's he's a beast man <laughs> yeah. that guy's a fucking beast yeah. a beast he's yeah. so funny man he's one of the funniest guys in the world and uh, uh, I don't know he's out there in uh, Whippy right now uh, kind of pissed off about some shit which I would be for sure but man I, if anyone's listening let's keep getting Rob on some shows and that oh. guy, that guy could make an everybody loves Rob show, and it'd be really he's, fucking insane. He's like, he's brilliant. But oh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so with the baby though, I yeah, so I do this monthly show called Riffington, where you don't do any material, you just riff, and uh, I that's one of my fartes. I really that's great. Yeah, I love doing that. I love getting loose, and uh, I was riffing last night, and it's true. What I said though was because my. My comedy, what am I going to do now? Because I've already felt the change. Like my comedy, a lot of the times, is I go off and I'm like, ah, we're all going to fucking die. Who gives a shit? I'm, uh, right. Who gives a shit? Yep. Right? The world yep. is fucked. But now uh, my comedy will be like, ah, we're all going to die. Who gives a shit? But uh, not my baby. Right. Hopefully my baby doesn't. Right. You know, like right. what am I going to do? Nope. I don't want to lose my edge. Well, but you won't. Yeah. It'll get sharper. Yeah, I'm five and a half years into the process. Yeah, you got your guy, <laughs> and uh, it won't, you know, it'll alter your thinking, but not your style. I hope so. No, it's not going to change your style as a comic. It's going to change your thinking and your preparation, maybe, and yeah, how you feel about things. But it's not going to change you as a comic. And if anything, it's going to make you sharper and more appreciative of every moment. You know, yeah. like I just find like I'm, I'm more appreciative. I don't take things for granted, you know, as much. I I appreciate that, you know, <laughs> this is this is today, and who fucking knows about tomorrow, man? Yeah, you know, like I, I the best advice I got about being a dad was to stay in the day, stay in the moment, right? The old cliche, but it's really true. Don't start thinking about college. Don't start thinking about you know where she's going to be when she's fifteen. Just, yeah, you got things covered. This I've already week. done that, and I and I, you know, when and your you, head like, will fucking pop up. But you know, when you're thinking, and then all of a sudden, you notice your face is making this hard grimace in public. Right. That's right. I've done that. Sure, no, like no, I'm on the gonna, bus, and my face is just like, yeah, you're thinking stay, of a teenager bothering my daughter. You got to stay in this week. 
<laughs> she's going to get her shots and yeah. whatever. Right? Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And just stay in this week, right? I'm changing diapers. I know what I'm up to. We're getting a sleep plan. Get the sleep thing going, man. Sleep, yeah. sleep training, right? My wife, yeah. my wife went hard on the sleep training, and holy shit, was that ever the best nice. thing that we ever did. It's really yeah. hard. Nighttime is it's, the right time. Nighttime is the right time, and it's really hard because you're going to – it's like breaking a pony, and there's going to be some <laughs> kicking, right? So, yeah, yeah. so I had to put the earphones on because I couldn't handle the crying, right? Yeah. You have to ignore the crying. She just started practicing a new shriek that this I never is, heard now, before. Now, you're nine days in. I'm talking about like a year – Oh right, you know, right, right. After like when, when when she starts to become a person, right? Right now, she's and they just, know how to use the cry, right? And yeah, they're yeah. and they're manipulating, right? So I'm you you got to put the earbuds in, <laughs> just go out back, whatever. Yeah, and 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 let Kathleen handle it. But if you sleep train <laughs> and get into the rhythm of it, it's beautiful because by the time my kid was like, oh, let me three, we'd be in the backyard barbecuing. At seven thirty in the evening, right on a nice summer night, and my yeah. and our guests would go, "Where's dude?" You know, yeah, and and, and we're like, "Oh, he's asleep. See him. We'll see him in twelve hours." And people are like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's, you know, and you're, that's your wife." We got the, we got the, the we got in? the monitor there, you know, yeah, yeah. But we won't hear from him until the morning, right? And people Amazing. were like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you read the books, you stick to the plan." It's the best. Like we're not we're not winning any Parent of the Year awards. We we make all the mistakes that anybody makes, but we really did that right. Yeah, and, and that's all salute to my wife. She really got into the books, got into the uh, the research of it, and said this is something we have to do. And so we just trained him that look, it comes. And even now he's five and a half, eight o'clock. Even if we didn't put him to bed, he would just start falling asleep. He's so in the rhythm of yeah. eight o'clock is bedtime, man. I love this. Yeah, no, no. This is something you got to do because you're going to thank me later when when it's quarter to eight, and you've got twelve hours off. Yeah, because you've worked so hard. It's going to take hard work. It's going to be six months of, you know, breaking that pony, right? And and you might just have to put the earbuds in like I did, right? Yeah, there is something about my generation too that <clears throat> I keep reading articles, but and I'm totally fine with. But my generation has to bring the discipline back because we've had some of this like mm-hmm. fancy pants like fruit yes. fruit like yeah that's right lo- too like, soft and and the kids are fucked now apparently like bunch I read of all little these articles spoiled now. bunch of spoiled little pricks even teachers that have been teachers for generations are like no kids are bad these days yeah they have no that's boundaries. right that's right they're and, not and scared it, of anybody right they're little yeah. they're they're like uh, they're like wild animals in a national park protected. <laughs> So super protected. It's like, yeah. right? You no, know, you got to get the shotgun out once in a while. <laughs> Entitled wild animals. Totally. You got to zing one by an earlobe once in a while just to keep them in fucking line. No, listen, I, I have no I don't, problem. I don't, I think spank, a, I don't yeah. spank my kid. Yeah. Okay. No, my, dad, yeah. my dad never spanked me. The one time my mom wanted my dad to spank me, he took me in the other room and he laid me over his lap and he clapped his hands over my bare ass five times really hard with his hands yeah. and then pulled my pants up and said smarten the fuck up yeah yeah. and i got the message he said i'm not going to beat you but smarten the fuck up right and then yeah. we walked out and mom was satisfied that i had taken five whacks but i really hadn't to the butt right to the butt yeah. but but i really hadn't yeah the old man never laid a hand on me he wasn't incredible the per- he wasn't the perfect dad but he certainly never spanked me and i don't think that's amazing i don't think i need to spank my kid either no. but you got to lay the fucking law down too, man, at the same time. I'm going to tell a weird story just to get it down recorded. Yes. Because <clears throat> my mom is also sweetest, best mom ever. 
never uh, laid a hand on me either. But one time, I was just being the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> okay? I, right. take, I take full credit now. Now that I'm older, I get it. Totally. So she was like, out of ideas. She was like, what can I do that, you know, for my generation, whatever. So she got this wooden spoon out <clears throat> and oh, put my hands wo- out. The wooden spoon. Yeah, put my hands out flat, so the palm up. Took the wooden spoon. And I don't, you know, a gingerly mom hit. Not like nothing major. Right. She was just trying to be like, I am out of ideas. I want you to feel punished and shut right. up. Right. She hit my hands a couple times. Little did she know, the spoon had a teeny little nail in it. Oh, no way. So my hand, it broke the skin and my hand started bleeding. She was devastated. Oh, my God. So it just backfired. She felt so bad. It, she, the, the, that's what changed me. The fact that she felt so bad that she thought she actually hurt me for real, I was like, okay, mom, sorry. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. That's right. Yeah. So it was like the only time ever. And she'll probably get mad that I recorded this, but I don't think she listens to this shit. But no, no, no. But I mean, that's that's a good, that's a fair story. My, yeah. we, got, we got the wooden spoon a lot, my brother and I, because we were mo- on the hands. Uh, Is it a maritime thing? <laughs> on the hands? No, on the butt. I, I don't know. Fuck about the face and neck. You know, <laughs> the old Monty Python line about the face and neck. You know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no. Mum raised us more or less, right? Mum yeah, yeah. and dad got divorced when I was a teenager. That yeah. works great for your comedy career. There's a there's oh the I'm sa- a child there's of divorce. The sa- there's the sand. This is the, the most. I love this episode. This, there's the sand in the oyster. I'm a, from a di- child of divorce. Of course, I grew I up mean, with a stepdad. Of course, <laughs> that's why. Because I told you, my dad's like golf maniac, right? Right. But look at me. He's my fucking stepdad. That's why. Right. I don't. Ha- it doesn't run naturally for me. Right. So I grew up with this like mega. Uh, like, uh, yeah, totally beer drinking, jock businessman dad, but he's my stepdad. My real dad is whatever, uh, well, not what the same. Mean, what do you mean, whatever? Where are we at there? You What's gotta, going on there? I've told a lot of people about him, but not you, on the do, podcast. Do you know him? Do you, do you have, yeah, a, we do have, you have a, a relationship with yeah, him? Yeah, we have a casual relationship. I see him uh, maybe. He just he bought a place a couple of years ago in PEI okay. to get away from it all. Right. Yeah. Well, he'd be an outsider there, man. <laughs> yeah, you can. He's an outsider anywhere. I'll well, say that. That's fascinating. If you think that I'm a bit of an outsider, I yeah. Well, I think you are one of the most interesting comics I've ever met. How's that? Oh, that's very kind. I, I no, that. I really think you are. You know that. I mean, I I hired you one time. That was really fun. You know, trying on, to figure on, out what those cra- magic guys wanted. On a crazy piece. Did I say of, that on a crazy piece of shit. <laughs> fucking middle of the summer piece of shit show we were trying to make right what a piece of shit that was it was a journey it was a journey a journey with hamburgers a magic a magical journey we we're trying to make a magic For me, it was a journey with free hamburgers it was funny we were trying to make a magic comedy show yeah and now god bless we had some good magicians yeah uh, i mean uh, sankey is my man right yeah sankey is one of the great sleight of hand artists in the whole world yeah so we had talent but just david mary i like dave of great course guy. of course man we had guys but but i've done regular shows with him too a really awesome guy oh yeah, yeah. dave's fuck awesome man yeah but, he's got you know, a briefcase but, but, full of tricks but uh, you know well let's let's just move on before i fucking start naming others <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's some magicians we don't like no not even magicians yeah you know we're getting into the, like the 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 producer side where it's like you know 
there's good reasons why that didn't go anywhere. Anyway, well, I was really, on. I was really honored, and that was a blast. Three well, days, well, super my, fun. You were my Westerholm was there, and yes. uh, that I was, was cool. Like, I was like, Nose Bomb was there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Look at all that talent we had piled up. Yeah, yeah. Just for that's how it goes, right? I appreciate that for the, for like the worst piece of crap you could. Well, I was trying to figure it out. Like, I tried my best. We couldn't. We couldn't. <laughs> there was no figuring it out, man. It was like, it was like what a mess. Anyway, yeah. Moving on. Oh yeah, we, we've kept it so positive up till now. There are. It's so funny when you do uh, start really digging. With most comedians, they are children of divorce. There's a part of it where it's like the divorce creates this sort of like "look at me now" type, type mm-hmm. of like desire or you know the void to fill. Every yes. human, I I believe. <clears throat> here we go. There you go. Every human, I believe, has the void no matter what, and that's what drives us to For even sure. live. Right. But there's something about like a divorced ding dong that wants to be a fucking entertainer that's got this mega void that's right. just like I need to I need to make three hundred strangers laugh tonight. Right. I need to make them well, l- happy. A, like it's really bizarre. I, I know for me that there was a certain amount of uh recognition or like validation that I would get from making people laugh. Yeah. That somehow was filling some empty spot in me, right? Yeah, and then as you get older, you realize that's the case. But you go, well, fuck, whatever. This is what I'm doing, you know. Uh, but but initially, but people all, people that don't do comedy or aren't entertainers, like, sure, they might come across more well adjusted, you know, at the fucking mall on a Thursday afternoon. But everyone's weird, man. Oh, everyone's fucked. The up. best thing about a comedian being weird is we say it. You mm-hmm. know, we acknowledge it and we say it out loud. I love that. Yeah, you we know? have a great outlet. I mean, it's it's a great yeah. privilege. To be able to get your shit off your chest. And if you can do that to people who are paying to hear it, that's hilarious. Like, what a fucking, what a bonus. What a, it's a privilege to be a comic. Yeah, there are people that probably work a nine to five job at like a media company and like they, they, their shirts tucked in and their khakis every day and they, they say hi to everybody. But at night, they probably go home and fuck a box of donuts. That's like right. they're probably That's weirder right. than anything. That's right. That's right. And fucking a box of donuts doesn't even crack the top 100 weird things that they do. <laughs> That's like that's like number two hundred and seventy eight is fucking a box of donuts. <laughs> or is that comedians trying to make themselves feel better right. by projecting that onto these then quote unquote normal no, people? Like the weirdos eat the fucking donuts. <laughs> that you know what I mean? Then now you're getting somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Someone else fucks the donuts, then I eat the donuts. Yeah. Oh, I right? can only eat a donut unless uh, Gary fucked it. Right. And then I puke the donuts up, and then we fuck them again. Like that's. The world, you know, it's like we're, we're the sane ones, man. We're just we're just trying to have. We're just a, telling it like I'm it is. I'm just trying to have a game of cards in the basement. I'm not some fucking weirdo. I'm straight ahead. Like that's I've I've done that riff on stage many times. How like I'm not the weird one. Yeah, I like tits and ass. Yeah, I like to fuck my wife. I'm not some weirdo. <laughs> well, you gotta watch it now. You have to watch. Yeah. Hey, you know cheers, I mean? man. Yeah, cheers. Three tall cans in an afternoon. Three tall can episode. I mean... I'm going to go hold my baby after this. <laughs> you're gonna, when are the Parent of the Year Awards announced? You know, listen... I most mean, of my... I'm, when I'm, I'm on stage, all my humor is about me. I, I'm inspired life. by the scene, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've touched on that in, at all or enough, but like when every time I get out and see the young cats that are out there like... Fuck, man. How, how about the... Okay, so this woman puts out a list of 140 of the funniest women in Toronto. 
right? Yeah. And it causes a little stir, right? Right. <clears throat> people, people are like, oh, fuck, 140 women. Hold on blah, a second. Blah, blah. Before we get into this, I have to pee real bad. Is there a bathroom okay. down in the you man bet. cave? You bet. Hold on a second. All right. I did it. Okay. So 140 of the funniest women in Toronto list comes right. out. Causes mm-hmm. a little stir for some reason. I... I tended not to give a fuck. Right. I was like, oh, that's cool. Good yeah, for them. Yeah. You know, good for the ladies to be pimping themselves. You know, that's great. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm in trouble already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? But you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I was like, I, it, it caused no stir with me other than to think, are there really 140 female comics in Toronto? Right? I, that went through my mind. Right? And I'm like, really? I don't know if there's a hundred. And Rebecca Kohler made this point online. I saw I one of her. Was perfect. One of her comments. I've known was, Rebecca for years. Right, I and she's she said was she's perfect. fantastic comic. And she said, "I don't think there's 140 male comics in Toronto," which, which I, I thought agree was with a as le- well. Total legit point to make. Yeah, right, yeah. and it was and it was up to her to make it. Right, she's the person to make that point. I'm not, you know, middle aged white guy can't come on and say that. So I was happy to yeah. see her say that. Now here's my point. I saw the list. Right, I tracked down the list. Uh, Dom Pear or somebody linked it up there. Yeah. That was another cute thing. You couldn't get it off the article. You needed Dom Pear to hook you up. But yeah, anyway, yeah. so I got the 140 list and I went down it. And here's what happened. I went down the list going, awesome. She's great. She's great. She's great. She's awesome. She's amazing. She's very good. She's coming on. She's really good. She's fucking awesome. She's really good. She's pretty good. Yeah. And so I came away with 80. And I would have thought that number was 40. Yeah. So the list did its it job. Helped. It did its job. Right. And and I'm a person who's been around this scene my whole life. And if you had asked me how many really good female comics are in Toronto, I would have said 40 or 50. Right. Well, the answer is 80 or 90. So the, so list, the list the list was yeah. totally legit and made its point and and there were stretches where I was like don't know her, don't know her, don't know her. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. But there were bigger stretchers where I'm like, oh, yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's great. She's, totally. She's a fucking legend. She's beast, you know? There's no doubt that there are some amazing female comedians in this city not getting their due. For sure. And one of the clubs, which is the institution, has outright even like last year said, we don't book a woman or two women on certain shows because of whatever. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, you lead by example. You know what I mean? Yes, that's ridiculous. As long as everybody's strong enough. I would just like to say that last night my show Riffington in Toronto had four females on it. Isn't that For amazing? example. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. See how nice I am? <laughs> it's, that's not even nice. That's just <laughs> real. Like, right, yeah, right, regular. Like, I mean, that's where we're at. We're like, we can't name anything but it is true i booked my show <laughs> it is true though that i booked my show and didn't think about that and it just right. ended up that way sure but I, there's no doubt that there okay here anyways yeah you should listen to nick beaton's he says some good stuff yeah oh nick's great man and yeah, yeah like you know, very opinionated he's gonna get himself in trouble he's gonna get himself in with trouble. all those opinions right yeah he's gonna get himself in trouble <laughs> but his heart's in the right fucking place right he's coming from a he'll pl- do he'll do twitter backlash before any of us yeah, tw- oh, I'd love a Twitter backlash. What would I have to do <laughs> to get a Twitter backlash, man? I can't get a Twitter back. I'm too little. Well, your album's out there with the uh, autocorrect joke on it. Sure, but I mean, fuck, who cares, man? That's just, if uh, someone doesn't get it, like the Mary Walsh situation in Halifax. Yeah, but no, I mean, pfft, you know, that's 
<laughs> small potatoes, buddy. <laughs> small potatoes, man. Yeah, man. There's like, you know, yeah. There's so much awful shit going on. That's the thing. Like, it's hard to crack the surface of the bullshit yeah. when the bullshit is so thick and bad. It's funny, too. Like, if you're a celeb, then they're like, he said this. That's kind of questionable. Get him with the torches. But if you're like a nobody, they're like, go fart in a toilet. Totally. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. It's it's kind of... Yeah, man. It's it's like... I'm sorry we got off on this tangent, but it was we, really we, good. We went off on a tangent. But it was but good, right? And this is fun. Yeah. This is just so great, Are buddy. you cheersing me again? Yeah. I'm cheersing you again. <laughs> this is so fantastic. This is... Well, this has been a... Are people actually going to listen to this? Some people will. That's I guarantee. amazing. That's cool. I have some international listeners. That's really fucking Someone cool. in New Zealand listens to this. Hello, New Zealand. Hello, New Zealand. How cool is that? Not Australia. Australia. No, Australia, too. Also Australia. But New Zealand, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't mix them up. That's their thing. New Zealand. Right? You guys Australian, got some good bands. Australian comics can't offend New Zealand. Look, yeah, yeah. Look, let me just lay... I'm literally at a poker table right now. Let me literally lay my cards on the table, New Zealand. You're just close to Australia. That's how we see it. You sort of sound like them. All the American actors make you sound the same. Yeah, right? look, we're way we're in another day away from you. All right, you're the same. All right, it's fuck still off. Wednesday here, motherfucker. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, you fucking whatever. You Thursday asshole. It's Wednesday. <laughs> all Thursday assholes eat shit. We no. ended like the PC talk. If anybody, if anybody made it this deep in, yeah. they're probably not reporting anything now. They got to be a fan, right? Yeah. Like anybody who's a shit disturbing fuck is checked out long ago. Right? Yeah, totally. Right? Anyone who made it this far in, we're good. Well, I'm going to take a pic with you after, and that's how I promote it online. So anyone that's really usually upset, they'll see two white guys smiling in a picture. They'll be like, oh, I don't need to listen to this. Yeah, I'm not. I already know. I hate I don't, it. Not, yeah, these fucking assholes drinking beer at a poker table, watching golf. <laughs> What a couple of cunts, man. Yeah. Holy Self-righteous fuck. Self-righteous. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. Privileged, entitled cocksuckers. What are you guys, the cops? Wow. Narc. One of us is a narc for sure. Fuck, man. When I started doing stand-up, I was 19. <laughs> I was younger than everyone in the room. Now I'm always older than everyone in the room. It's I never want to stop. Weird. Look, it's weird. I'm going to tell you something. There's a few comedians out there, uh, writers... Or stand-ups um, that are successful dads, too. Man, I'm totally inspired by all that. The mm-hmm. fact that we could keep doing it, do the family life, and keep building our craft and honing our craft and getting better and better. Oh, I'm totally inspired. Well, yeah, yeah being a dad isn't going to hurt your game, like I say. That's not going to hurt your game. It's just going to it's gonna enrich your life and yeah. make you a better comic because you're just going to be wiser by the moment <laughs> by the moment yeah you're, you're just going to be you gotta you know you're a fucking dad man yeah. it, it ends at you man you're the the buck stops at you buddy you're the fucking savior you're the fucking guy you have to be that guy now for the rest of your life and <laughs> until your little girl is like a, dead and an adult at least you yeah. you got to be that rock that both both Kathleen and her can count on. Well, right? Kath, that's another thing is like her mom is like I'm basically psyched for my daughter just to be like, look how cool your mom is. Right? You know I mean, she's got the most funny, most talented, and that helps mother it, in the whole world. I, I that's where I caught a break too. Right? Yeah, is it really helps. To have, when you have a cool mom. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 like, that's the shit, man. That's the shit. I think Kathleen and her crew 
beat Mercer Report for a CSA this year. I think they did. <laughs> yeah. She was like about to give birth <laughs> pregnant on stage at the CSAs. Oh, Were you there? That's so great. Were you at the CSAs? Uh, not the Sunday night. Oh, okay, okay. No. Uh, yeah, they, she they, went up they there. Keep, they, guess, they keep us on, on, the, on the industry night. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. The piss up night. Yeah, who hosted that? Like Johnny Harris or something? Uh, Johnny did a spot. I'm, yeah. Don't even get me going. Because he had a couple of pops. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I don't know him. I think he's great. But I, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I could tell. I could tell that the night I saw, because I went to the big night with Kathleen. Yeah. Because her show was up for it or whatever. Yeah. I could tell that Hempstead wrote some jokes and they were fucking awesome. Yeah. Hammer yeah. Hammer and Patterballs wrote Norm's monologue. Yeah. And it was amazing. One of the best jokes of the night was Norm. Loose, Norm. Pan, loose pancake? No. The, I don't know that one. <laughs> Wait, well, maybe jog my memory. Loose pancake was. Uh, the, you oh, know, yeah. In the, the gift gi- bag. The gift bag. Yeah, the yeah, Canadian yeah. gift bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One loose pancake. Loose pancake. Is a brilliant comic stroke, right? But I'm wondering if this is like one of Hempstead's, or yeah, maybe now I didn't know Patterson too, but one of their jokes. But they're talking about Norm was talking about Christopher Plummer being nominated for the Return or something like that. It's a he's like it's a movie about an old 92 year old Jewish man <laughs> tracks down the Nazi officer that tortured him in a in the prison or whatever, right? right. I and don't goes, know why I'm giggling. And then he goes. And I thought I uh, waited to the last minute. Oh, yeah. I thought I waited. That's right. I was like, oh, boom. That's, that's a, like such a huge. That's a great. I, I thought I put things off to the yeah, last minute. Yeah, to the last that's, minute. That's such a great joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked, I liked uh, yeah, man, when I lived in, uh, I, I'm from Ottawa, man. And when I, when I lived in Ottawa, I, I loved foreign films. I I hate foreign films now, man. I live in L.A. I hate foreign films. <laughs> when I lived in Ottawa, I loved foreign films like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And Smokey and the Bandit is a great foreign film. <laughs> Does Norm genuinely love Burr Reynolds? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think so. Right? I think so. That's a, great, that's a great observation. Yeah, yeah. That's a great observation. Smokey and the Bandit makes the... Like, that's, that's amazing. Uh, fuck. Okay, so... This is... This is this was a long one, but this it was just a flown, party. It's flown out of control, brother. I, I mean, does this fuck your sauce? Does this fuck your sauce? No, I don't bit? care, like, man. Do people come in and go, what is this uh, fucking, what is this, Hateful Eight? What are we doing here? <laughs> Two hours and 47 Did minutes. you watch all of Hateful Eight? Oh, yeah. Three, to- three times. So you love it. I, here's interesting. Did you like the ending? Here's interesting. I, Let's ruin it for whoever stayed this long. I'm not going to go, no spoilers. Okay, okay. Uh, I liked it. Then I liked it a lot more. And then when I watched it a third time, I'm like, oh, man, I love this. I love Tarantino. Okay. I just love it. I just okay. love him so hard, you know. Well, I watched it super late at night. So the Not ending... the play. So you're right. The, the not length... the play. You didn't dig it late I at night? I got to the end at 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not going to dig that. Watch just, it again. Just... Yeah, okay. Watch okay. it again. Now, the thing with Hateful Eight. I think every actor in it was goddamn amazing. Oh, beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah. It's she's, a real. Like, she steals the show. Right? She's incredible. She's just a bloody mess all night, and it's just hilarious. But okay, I want to watch it again. She, but but like, it's a achievement in sound and photography. Yeah, that's what it is. Tarantino's going. People don't like to shoot in the snow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how to shoot in the fucking snow. It's Seventy millimeter. He uses old gear. Yeah. Right. He's using old equipment. And shooting in seventy millimeter, he really he really captured those. Um, there's a few. See, this is my farte. I love like 
the 70s western films that are filmed in snow he <laughs> he did that Right. Have you ever seen you McCabe know and does? Mrs. Miller, the Almond one? Right. He's yeah, yeah. he like when he did Death Proof, he's yeah. doing the stunt movie. Yeah. The yeah. stunt driving movie. Old school style. Yeah, he's and always here, like yeah, and yeah. here he's doing the Western in the snow, which yeah. is super difficult. Because yeah. as soon as the horses track through the snow, you're fucked. Yeah, I know. There's one chance at this shot coming up the mountain with the with the clean snow and the horses. But even when they're in the carriage, I think the backdrop is fake, but it's all it still looks really good. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All those super intense convos in the carriage. Beautiful. Samuel Jackson's the king. Sam really knows what he's doing. Eh? I don't care how long this is now. I don't give it's a fuck. It's just a good convo. But I mean, if you've made it this far, you're, you're if you've cool. made it this far, like fucking roll another one, spin another <laughs> one up, spin another one up and fucking settle down because we're not fucking done yet. My man Chrissy Locke is over in the basement. (laughs) We're fucking around. Who gives a shit? Watch Samuel Jackson fucking rule in the Hateful Eight. Oh no, dude is the king. It's 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 like uh, Tarantino just has the keys to the car and he drives it hard, man. He just jumps in and floors it. He doesn't. I love that Sam Jackson will say yes to any project too. Tarantino's like, "Do you want to?" And he's like, "Yes, of course." And then he just how would he how would he not? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, have you ever seen this? Right weird- down upon me with furious anger. Ever Those since then. who attempt to spoil and, re- you know, yeah. fuck. Where Ever since going? then, he was like, oh, you got me. Oh, I'm man. In. Like, Travolta owes his whole fucking thing to Tarantino. Right? Yeah, and look how he used that. Jesus Christ. Good Lord. For the love of Christ. Can you massage my butt? <laughs> <laughs> For the love of Christ, Travolta. <laughs> Hey, did you watch OJ though? The OJ, People versus OJ? No, oh, man. Travolta, I couldn't relive it. Travolta was. Now, here's the thing Travolta was fucking great in it. Really? I thought he was. As awesome. what? Shapiro or whatever? Yes, as Shapiro. He was fucking cool. And Do they sort of like wink like OJ fucking did it and he got off? Uh. I don't. Uh, yeah, a little, but I mean, no more than it happened in real life. Right. I mean, they just do it. You know what's cool? Like, I lived in, in L- real life. We still don't really know. In yeah. L.A., I lived in L.A. when it happened. Are you friends with Cato? <laughs> Me and Cato used to <laughs> fucking swing down to the improv on a Saturday night. <laughs> I lived down there, and I watched the whole thing uh, on, KT- on KTLA on yeah, local yeah. TV, and it was just twenty four seven. Right. That's insane. I still enjoyed the show because. They did a really good job of showing you shit that you wouldn't have known about, right? And and like just it was just really fascinating. Like, and you forget shit. You go, oh yeah, right. Darden fucked it up, and oh right, because like, there's a lot of details. You go, oh. Well, right. I was like, way you you were into it more at that time in L.A. because we watched it in like. We watched the verdict be delivered in my grade ten English class or something. So I was oh, yeah, still, right. so I was still a dumb pot smoking punk rock kid being like, "Who gives a fuck?" You know what I mean? Right. Well, I was a young twenty something comic pot smoking who didn't give a fuck. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's not that big a difference, really. I right, mean, right. I, 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 it was just a pain in the ass. But you probably remember more details. I just remember. Oh yeah, like I followed it pretty close. It was pretty fascinating. I one thing I didn't get, which is interesting, because what we were talking about earlier. But one thing I didn't get about it at the time, but now I get it more, is how significant it was with race relations in the States. Oh, buddy. I had no... That's what it all boiled down to. I didn't get that. Right. That's Because what it, I was a kid and I it, thought everybody it, loved the, each other. By, no, by, you know the time, I mean? by the time the verdict came down, it yeah. was black v. white. 
Mm-hmm. That's all it was about. By the time the verdict came down, it was black people versus yeah, I was white in people. Etobicoke, it was fucking all like, about race. Whatever. By the end, by the end, it was all about race, and it was about for the first time in history, a black guy's going to get off. You know what right. I mean? Like it was this kind of vibe, you know? So you think and, that, but, but 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 the significance of that beat out guilty or not guilty. The significance of like yes. stop fucking crucifying our people. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And and That's and, fine. and they covered that in the in the show on the Fox yeah. show which they did a really good job of. They showed how Well, this ju- is after Rodney King too. Oh yeah. And this shows like how And the- David Duke and all that bullshit. It shows so how, they're like, like, fuck this. And, and how the defense team was so good at picking their jury. And Marsha Clark kind of fucked up with, you know, like Marsha only had two friends on the jury versus 10 for the defense, really, is how it came down. And, right. and uh, you know, it was, it, was all about, it was all about the racial by the end of it. Yeah, I was reading an interview with Marsha Clark, actually, in her response to the show. Um this morning or yesterday and she was talking about like you know we had the like what is it the limo driver there saying like i see oj come around the house around the time Mm -hmm. that the glove was dropped there i see him not acknowledge me go into the house it doesn't matter at that point in time with like the way the the the, well was going mark Furman fucked them yeah right once you have a racist cop yeah who's on record Dropping end bombs all over the place and being this racist asshole. Yeah. And he's the one that discovered the glove. Well, the bottom drops out of your whole fucking thing. And I, and I can appreciate that. Yeah. Right. If I'm on the jury and they're showing me a glove here and a spot of blood there, but then you're telling me the guy that brought that to light is some racist fucking asshole. Well, well that's a lot of doubt now. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, so Furman is what fucked them. That was an airtight. That Mark was an Furman, airtight yeah, case. Yeah. That was an airtight case. Uh, OJ had blood everywhere, but in his fucking shaving kit. Right. Like there was blood on his socks, on his fucking face, on his in his car, on the walk up to his house, on the walk up to her house, her DNA on his glove. Ron Goldman's DNA on his fucking glove, his blood on the glove, everybody's fucking blood everywhere from Rockingham to fucking his house and back. And and Furman fucked them. If not for Furman, if they just had some average cop that hadn't dropped the N-bomb on record a thousand fucking times in a hateful bigoted way, they would have just slam dunked that fucking case. But as yeah. soon as you have a racist cop saying, yeah, we got to fucking put these N-bombs away in jail on record. Right. <laughs> on recordings. <laughs> well. You're toast. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. You're fucked, Marsha. Right? And and uh, was- But it's kind of good for America at that time to learn that that is out there, too. Like well, that's what Mark it, Furman that's, fucked them. That's but that's what happened. Fuck you, Mark Furman. That's, that's what, what happened. you get for that's, being a piece of that's shit. That's what happened. The yeah, LAPD yeah. ended up on trial yeah. more than OJ almost. Yeah, yeah. The LAPD became the the tried ones because they're like, oh, you got this fucking piece of shit in your. It's like fold? this weird reverse to kill a mockingbird. Kind of right. Like, yeah. If you've got Furman in your in your fold, then what else is there? Yeah. This is just happens to be the fucking asshole that we have out right now. So what else is going on, right? But in a way, you know, I'm with the fucking black jury. That just proves the point. Like, it doesn't 
matter uh, crimes anymore. Like, look at this system. You know, that's right. But um, that's what the jury did too. They were like, right? It was yeah. like it was like the verdict. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna put the system on trial. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, this is weird to tie it back because we should wrap it up because this is Let's a, wrap just, it up. I mean, this is a joke, man, at this point. No, it's great. It's a giant this mega media episode. People are going to listen. You think so? Listen to how, me. How deep in are we? Where are we at? An hour and 43. That's crazy, dude. No <laughs> one's going to listen to an hour and 43. Let's just summarize it as we like hanging out. But the right. thing is, is like people put this on in the car. They put it on their earphones when they're going to do chores. Is that how it works? Yeah. But here, I'll wrap it up since we brought up Norm near the beginning. Mm-hmm. Norm... One thing I do remember, because I was such a dumb ding-dong teenager at the time, the most, the biggest thing I remember about the OJ trial ever is Norm's killer jokes on Weekend Update and uh, on SNL. And one of his best jokes ever was how about how Hertz is looking for a new spokesperson. Right. And they, do you remember that one? Yeah. And he goes, Hertz is like, they want a new spokesperson where they go, Hertz, uh, where our spokesperson doesn't kill his ex-wife and the nearest standing waiter. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just like throwing Ron Goldman under the bus like that. The nearest standing waiter. I was like, oof. Yeah. Even as a kid, I understood how hardcore that joke was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Norm, yeah. Norm's brilliant, man. I, I, yeah. saw, I saw Norm in one of his uh, like early, early sets, and it, and it was like bit after bit where you're just like, oh, my God. Like. It just I know. No matter what people have said about him throughout the past, he's always funny. He's always killing. That last hour he did about three or four years ago was just solid from top to bottom. Uh, I don't know why. He'll never do this podcast. No, he should. Oh, yeah. he, he might. But That's you fun. knew him as a dude. Oh, yeah. I, I, I went on the road with him a couple times. Yeah. You know? And fuck it. Just so hilarious, man. Like, yeah. just I learned a lot about how to write a bit from watching Norm, right? His structure of how to write a bit, you know, because going up on stage with some balls and moxie or some stance, that's one thing, you know, mm-hmm. you can be a cocky. The writing still needs to be there. Uh, fuck. It takes a long time to learn how to write a good bit. And Norm Norm had that from Jump Street, man, you know. That's like, amazing. Yeah. That's a good point to go out on. Um, but also, we didn't really talk about your utopia, but we talked about a million other important things that I thought were great. Yeah. But we are the here. The utopia is in there. It's in there. It's yeah. mixed in. Like We're, somewhere in there with the baseball story and yeah. dad and all that. Is there anything else you'd like to add last minute? Well, I think um, when I started uh, doing stand-up, I used to shit on golf and and talk about what a exclusionary, bigoted, old white guy fuck game it is, right? And now I'm an old white guy that plays golf. So my utopia probably would be me and my dad and my Uncle Jerry and my little brother out for 18. Incredible. I love it. Well, thanks so much, man. I really thanks appreciate that. Thanks for having that. me on, bud. Yeah, you're uh you are a Canadian legend, stand-up, super funny guy, <laughs> and I love your honesty and I love uh, everything we talked about and uh if you're listening by his album American Portions that just is out on iTunes now. And yeah, thanks so much, Tim. If you if you've made it to this point. <laughs> yeah, which I think it might be you're right. It is a little incredible now. It's an hour and 46. 140. It's the Tarantino of podcasts. If you've made it this far, we love you. What were you going to say? That's it. I mean, we've. this has been awesome, man. And I can't believe if anybody fucking makes it all the way through 
tweet us or something. I'll let you know. Tweet me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Tim Steves on the tweet box. Yeah. So I can't may- work that shit. I don't know. Yeah, tweet Tim Steves. I follow him. You can find it on mine too. Say, I finished it. Did, did you finish it? Like, that's so sick. You couldn't finish it. Thanks, buddy. All right, cool. Okay, everyone. That was uh, Tim Steves. Tim, thanks so much again, honestly, for for being on the podcast and for being amazing and for running the gamut with all your stories and insights and jokes. And also, thanks for lending me the uh, book by uh, Doc Rotella on how to be the best golfer ever. Hopefully, I can apply that to my life. People... It, you have to buy Tim's uh, stand-up album, American Portions. Also, follow him on Twitter, at Tim Steves, simply at Tim Steves, to keep up to date with everything else he's working on. But that's it. That's our podcast. We're going to wrap it up. i got to get it out there onto the internet. Uh, also, I'm uh, follow us at utopia to me on Twitter. Uh, we're slowly building followers there. We have a million more followers on uh online than we do on twitter but if you'd like sharing it episode uh stuff on twitter please do that uh follow me at chris lock fun a lot of new now that the baby's uh here and doing its thing i i'm gonna get back on the road soon so lots of stuff coming up and also that's it oh i'm making a new website for utopia to me because a lot of people have been like how do i listen to it because you just click on the person's name all right like when it's a, it's a cheap website. I'm gonna make a better one. So if anyone has help with making websites, and if you've made it this long into the podcast, uh, send me a direct message or something. Uh, but I love you. You're the best. Thanks for listening. Get out there. Uh, spring is in the air. If you're in uh, if you're in uh, where I am in Toronto, you notice that spring is finally sort of starting to come. So get out there and. Uh, Wash your hair with a hose in the beautiful sunlight and just relax, okay? Thank you. Uh, Goodbye. Thank you.